Good afternoon, Dr. Gary on the road. Dental practices for sale. Our website is dentalpracticeguide.com. Our phone number is 201-663-0935. Our company, Healthcare Practice Sales, is involved in the sale of dental practices, the transition, the appraisals, and we've been doing this now for 11 years. I was a dentist for 25 years. But anyway, so we're dealing now uh, with sale of dental practices around the country. Information that you hear here is for entertainment purposes. This is not legal advice, nor is it uh, business advice. You have to speak to your accountant and or your attorney for that. Uh, so anyway, one area that you should be aware of is the due diligence period. Once somebody comes and puts, they like the practice, and they want to investigate a little bit more, check out all the information, have their accountants review everything, have the bank review everything. It's a period of due diligence. Usually, now this some of this can occur ahead of time where the average buyer is checking the tax returns, most important, the procedure code analysis. Also very important is the profit loss, the true profit loss, which pulls out all the discretionary expenses and you get the actual real profit of the practice. There could be expenses that are discretionary. For example, doctor takes many vacations to Florida at which his time he's also uh, attending seminars, let's say. Well, if you're not doing that, that is a kind of discretionary. You're not uh, obliged to have that expense. So anyway, you have to review all these uh, different financial and dental statistic reports. You do it during a, a period before you make your letter of intent and then a more intense investigation in the due diligence period after you create the letter of intent. Letter of intent says that you will be, you intend to purchase the practice at a certain price and so forth. Generally in dentistry, we go right to contract after that while you're doing your due diligence, while you're getting your finance together. Um, and so historically in dentistry, we don't have a down payment for it. However, a lot of the DSO private equities will ask for a period of that you do not shop the practice. That is, you don't show it to anybody else. It's a period of exclusivity. It could be 60 days or more, sometimes 90 days. And that period, they ask you to keep the practice off the market. Now, in the private sales, it's not as concrete. They will ask for it, but it's not as concrete. Uh, but that's an important time period to understand. But once you sign that, if you are going to sell to a DSO slash private equity, if you're going to go that route, You've got to understand you're locked in for that 90 days that you really can't show the practice, display the practice, send the financials out to anybody else. Your practice is like off the market. So that's something you really want to think about and talk to your attorney. How much free time do you want to give to that? On private sales, it's not as stringent. The DSO sales, they want that 60 to 90 days and expect you to live up to the terms of that, that you will not shop the practice. Often you're going to find when the DSO slash private equity want a deal, generally, generally, they move forward and buy it. Except for some extraordinary circumstances or something out of the ordinary they didn't know or wasn't revealed before or trouble with leases. Generally, they do buy it. Um, whereas with a private buyer, it's about 60, 55, 60% 60 chance that it, yes, will go through. 
to closing, there's a 40, 45% chance it will not go to the closing table. Um, so this period of due diligence of taking the practice off the market is one for you to consider. As a seller, you want to keep that at a minimum. As a buyer, you want to keep it as a long period of time. Uh, and this is something to be aware of and something for you to understand. Uh, now, often, uh, if a period, if somebody takes the practice off the market during the due diligence period, you are in essence losing that time in advertising, marketing, and bringing other sellers. So it, it is something to be aware of. Um, as with all contracts, you have to inform the broker. That's what we monitor this. Inform us of everybody that you've showed the practice to before you want to exclude from our contract. We only have about six months on our contract as an exclusivity. Um, but the same with the DSO, you want to uh, you know, discuss with them uh, what practice that you may be selling to another uh, company and you can identify this company. Um, so before you sign a letter of intent, you should try to get in touch with as many buyers as you can. This is what the broker can do. You identify how many buyers you want to bring in. Um, serious buyers, buyers that meets the criteria and so forth. The broker such as us will discuss it and we have a confidentiality with the, uh, the buyers. We'll discuss the practice and you know suggest that they like it to move forward on it. We'll give them a profile form. Again, all of our buyers, and we're, we're adamant about this, sign a non-disclosure agreement. They're, they cannot share that information with anybody but their professionals, their attorney, their bankers, their accountants. We don't want all the information out because we don't want somebody going to the staff and saying, I understand your practice is for sale. And that has happened before. You want to keep it uh, confidential. So we'll do that. So be aware, I guess the title of this uh, segment is the due diligence period uh, to be aware of what it is. And your attorney can explain it more, but it is something that you have to respect when somebody requests it. So bring all your buyers in and speak to everybody you can, uh, you know, in the beginning. So you're not running around trying to secure more buyers after you've had a, a good buyer. And once you have a buyer that you're pretty interested in, you know, and somebody else comes along in the interim, they can go into second position. Even if they say, I want to beat out the first buyer. When you have a solid buyer that's pre-approved from the bank and they're serious, and you get somebody else, don't start trying to outbid the first buyer. It's ridiculous because it may not go through anyway. You lose the second buyer, you lose the first buyer. Stick with your first buyer and uh, have a time period upon which, you know, they have to make a uh, move into contract. But uh, that second buyer, be clear with the buyer. The deal may fall apart and tell the second buyer, and this we, the brokers, say, look, we will keep you well informed. You'll be the first person we call if the deal doesn't go through and you'll move in. But we're not going to move you into the first position because there's somebody there already. That's what we do. We try to be out, uh, ethical. I was a dentist for a long time. I know what it feels like. But uh, in the end, you're making a wise move buying a dental practice. Your future is bright. You're going to do great. Silver's going to do great. Everybody's happy. And at the end of the day, um, we are very satisfied that we have, uh, we make two new friends, a buyer and a seller, and uh, we've created a, a new business for the buyer to purchase in the future. And the seller is uh, relaxing, uh, getting a fair dollar amount for the practice he took a lifetime to build. All right, signing off, Dr. Gary on the road. We're looking good today.